There are days that time seems to fly by, and other days when it seems to drag. Is it in your head? Is it something that you can control? Today, my guest, Robbie Slaughter, the author of the new book, The New Science of Time Management, says there are things you can do to control time. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg, and this is your host, Lorraine Ball. And today, you guys are in for a real treat. My friend Robbie Slaughter is not just with me, he's really here in the office with me. Robbie is the owner and founder of Accelowork. He is also an author, and he has just released his fifth book, The Science of Time Management. Robbie, we going to talk about time management today? The new science of time management. Absolutely. Okay, so let's start with time management. Why do we need a new approach? Well, the main reason we need a new approach is that our historical way of thinking about time is to classify it as a resource, the way you would classify money or other physical resources, things that you store, you put away, you borrow, you lend, but... Time isn't like that. You can't put time in a bank and save it up and get a whole bunch all at once. You can't borrow time from a friend. We all have the same number of seconds every day, and once you spend one, it's gone. Well, I'm going to say even if you don't spend it, but I guess even if you're sitting around doing nothing, you're spending time. Absolutely. The uh, executive editor of Wired, Kevin Kelly, several years ago, got involved in a, a rather morbid project in which he decided to make a list of all of the weekends remaining in his life. Okay, that is a very morbid project, but how did he know? Because he estimated how long he would live, and he said that weekends are when I do things, and I want to know how many weekends I have left. Wow. Okay, that would depress the hell out of me. (laughs) You know, when I was 25, I don't think that would bother me, but in case you're curious, I'm not 25 anymore. So, if time isn't a resource, what is time? Well, time is really about perception and values, and How do you see the time that you have? Are you enjoying it? Are you dreading it? Are you looking forward to something? Or are you concerned about it? And so really it's not so much about the time we have, but rather our emotional reaction to how we're going to spend our time. That's really what impacts our productivity and our satisfaction more than anything else. And I should jump in because I understand where you're coming from on that, but a lot of my listeners don't really realize that Accelerwork is really about your, your primary business is about productivity. That's right. So we provide business speakers for all kinds of events. And my personal interest is really about productivity, time management, workflow, and employee engagement. And you know this as a business owner, Lorraine. I know this, that a productive, engaged employee is dramatically more effective than one who is not. In fact, one who is not productive, not engaged, is sometimes having a negative effect on the organization rather than a positive one. Absolutely. And You often find that that engaged and excited employee gets more done in a few hours than an employee that is not excited or engaged. And so for them, the same eight hours is not the same eight hours. Yeah, the analogy I like to use is would you rather have 10 guys rowing a boat or one guy rowing a boat? And remember, the 10 guys might not be rowing at the same speed or even in the same direction. I don't know that I necessarily always want to be a rower of one, but I do recognize that there are times that you 
are better off just doing something by yourself. Yeah, or it's better off to get the 10 people who are rowing in the same direction at the same time and the same speed to generate the outcome that you want. Cool. All right, so let's jump back to the science, the new science of time management. I want people to read the book, so I don't want you to give away all of the secrets, but where does this start? What kind of things do you talk about in the book? Well, the critical element of the book is understanding the recent developments in psychology that have changed the way we view ourselves and the way we view time. And this is something which has been around for a while, academic circles, but is just starting to filter out into studies and experiments. One of the most interesting results actually comes from the turn of the last century. There was a woman named Luma Zygarnik, and she was a Russian researcher who was getting her PhD in cognitive psychology. And she went to dinner with her thesis advisor, and there was a conversation that they noticed that after the waiter had delivered the food, if you were to ask them, hey, uh, what was in this salad again? Or, hey, what did so-and-so order? They would have no idea what was selected. And they determined that whenever you work as a server or work in any environment, you have this cognitive weight on your mind where you're having to remember things. And then once you use that information, you can let it go. Oh, called, I mean, you really let it go. Yeah, and yeah. it's called the Zagarnik effect. And we've all crammed for a test or tried to memorize a phone number in order to get to a piece of paper to write it down. But it turns out that when we try to remember things we have to do, it creates a cognitive weight and a stress on us that makes us focus on that task at hand and minimizes our ability to be successful otherwise. Because that one thing is front and center, front and center, front and center, and you can't really... Use any mental resources to talk about other things. Absolutely. And so one of the most essential elements of time management is the notion of capturing. That is that if you have something to do, write it down somewhere. And that way you don't have to keep remembering that you have to do it. The simple act of capture really changes your whole psychology towards your work because you aren't constantly trying to remember things. Rather, you're figuring out what do you have to do and putting it in the right place so that it gets done at the right time by the right person in the right way. So, I mean, for me, um, I love lists, not because I love lists. I love the satisfaction of crossing things off. But I also recognize that it's incredibly liberating when I can sit down and just do a data dump. Mm-hmm. knowing that I'll get to those things when I get to those things. Absolutely. Awesome. So for business owners, because that's definitely most of my listeners, besides just writing things down, how do they take advantage of some of the new psychology around time and productivity? One of the most important elements is to recognize that anything you need to do that is coming towards you has an emotional component. You might be looking forward to it, or you might be dreading it. It might be something which you know is going to be complicated and require a lot of concentration, or something which is fairly mundane, but just takes some time. And because there's an emotional weight to the task that you have to do, if you do not think about that emotional weight when you decide when to schedule things or who to delegate them to then you're just going to stumble over yourself. You're just going to do whatever comes next. But if you recognize either that something is important or balancing the things that have to get done that you don't want it, you're not really excited about, Mm -hmm. with the things that, and interspersing the things that give you joy, that you look forward to, 
it changes the flow of your day. Absolutely. And, and the science is really reinforcing some ideas we've had for a long time, as well as bringing new ones to light. You probably remember the old Brian Tracy line, eat that frog, right? If you want to start, you have to eat a frog every day. That's the first thing you have to do. Get it over with, get it done, and move on to the rest of your day. And so we have this sense that if you have things you don't want to do, you should get them taken care of. But at the same time, if you know you have a difficult week ahead of yourself, schedule lunch with a friend right in the middle of it. That way you know you're looking forward to that. If you can make it to that, then you know you're going to have a great and positive experience. (laughs) You know, it reminds me, when I was in grad school and the semesters were 13 weeks long and it was very, very hectic. I had young children. I had a lot of stuff I was juggling. And so the only thing I could read was whatever was in my textbooks. And I would look forward to the three weeks between semesters so that I could read trash novels. Mm -hmm. And that was my reward. That was... That was, to me, the the intellectual break mm-hmm. between all the heavy courses. Absolutely. And one of the key elements of psychology we're understanding now is how motivation really works. And knowing that we can actually use the science of motivation to play little games of ourselves, like you and your grad school mm-hmm. plan of reading, to give ourselves rewards or objectives. I'm, I'm going to do this for a certain period of time. I'm going to knock this out. And then I'm going to get to do this other thing that I want to do. And those things can really have a tremendous impact on your time and your success. And I think the implication for managers is not just looking at their own time, but looking, I think, at how your employees are structuring their day and encouraging them to stagger the have-to-do with the fun-to-do with the have-to-do. And if they won't do it, actively getting some of that into their days. Absolutely. And part of the nature of owning an organization is understanding what to delegate. Mm -hmm. And delegation isn't just, I don't want to do this, so you do it. Mm -hmm. It's really, this is something which makes sense for you to do. Maybe because you're an expert, maybe because you need to learn this so we can make this happen, maybe because I'm busy right now and you have time, or maybe simply because it makes more sense for everyone in the organization to see how these things work. Cool. As business owners, we're tempted to just do things ourselves, but it doesn't really create a model for growth if we're not relying on others. Oh, yeah. That whole idea of delegating and learning to embrace that took a while. But I'm going to tell you, I'm pretty comfortable with that now. (laughs) Robbie, I cannot believe how fast the time goes, but 10 minutes kind of whips by. I don't even think you've had time to finish your whole cup of coffee. I didn't, but you know there's a reason for that. It's called the kappa or tau effect. And that is? It has to do with how we perceive time based on our mental perception of the value of that time. That's why whenever you drive somewhere, the way back seems faster Mm -hmm. than the way there. That's because the the journey back is familiar, and so we don't notice it passing as slowly as the way out. And when you have a conversation with someone you enjoy, time flies, because you're not thinking about how long it takes, but rather how much you'll miss it when it's gone. And I will miss it when it's gone. But I'll be able to listen to the recording and enjoy this all over again. Absolutely. And hopefully that fans of your podcast will buy the book, The New Science of Time Management. And we will have a link to your Amazon mm-hmm. page where people can buy a copy of the book. And I would recommend that when you're done reading this one, you might want to check out the other four of Robbie's books as well. Robbie, thank you so much. Happy to be here, Lorraine. If you have enjoyed today's conversation, if you'd like to explore other topics on marketing and management for small business owners, be sure to check out our blog at roundpeg.biz. 
This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.